Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. <laughs> My name is Gabe. And I'm Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, Jeff. Uh-huh. How are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. Uh, my uh, my fiance is starting to get into D anD D, so that is awesome. Yeah, it's getting it's pretty exciting. I uh, it was her and her friends uh, have like a comic book uh, club. That, yeah, yeah, that they she do every, that. Yeah, they, they go. They have a they get together every month and read comic books and stuff. Uh, and they decided that they want to start doing D and D instead on some on uh, sometimes. So like you know, I got really excited, but I don't want to get too excited because <laughs> I don't want to be like I don't want to be like the parent who like tries to be the cool parent and like interact with the kid. And, sure, like, sure. You know, like <laughs> so I like I don't want to discourage her by being too encouraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime, anytime uh, Lisa's my wife's. Anytime Lisa's parents tell her to watch a movie. She, as a rule, will not watch it. Right. Even if it's something that she would really, really like. The movie Ed Wood, they we didn't watch for the longest time, despite the fact that, like, once we finally watched it, she loved every second of it <laughs> because her parents told her to watch it. Right. And so as a result, she waited, like, 15 years before actually watching that movie. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I mean, that's a real thing. Like I, I, Like, I do that, too. And, like, you know, like, my fiance Skylar and I both both do that all the time like yeah. it's like you know when when somebody's like oh you should see this or you should do this it's always like ah yeah i'll do yeah. that and and to be fair i'm guilty of that too yeah it's it's I, like there's probably a, there's probably a term for it because it's just it's one of those things that that happens that people you know but but yeah i'm like i'm trying to i'm trying to encourage but from a distance you know <laughs> sure. like because her and her friend are getting into it and so like i was texting her friend i'm like you know like which edition are you guys playing <laughs> do you need any help how did you generate characters it's like what kind of character hey, what play? classes are being used up already <laughs> right yeah so so yeah i'm trying i'm trying trying to you know keep my distance but but be enthusiastic i uh because you, you you have mentioned this to me you know a little little uh, immersion break there. Um, <laughs> I meant to ask you if this had anything to do with her playing D and D at the library. Well, well, they they did have plans before that. Okay, and that was part of the reason why she she actually came in in, in uh, and uh, joined in. Sure, because uh, for listeners out there, last uh, within the last week, we did uh, another one of my little D and D nights at the library. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you know, I got a chance to run a short game. Yeah. Jeff Jeff was there. Yeah, we uh, uh, there were. Actually, a lot of people showed there up. There were 10 players. Yeah, we had 10 players. Yes. And like, you know, I think one of them left at the very end, but had to, had yeah, to go. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we had, yeah, Gabe had to run an adventure for 10 was, players. Most of them had never played before. Yes. I was not expecting that at all, but, but I, yeah, was, that's I cool. was fine with it. There were a few times where the there there was just everybody was talking. And that's not a problem because they were talking about the game. Right, for there sure. There would be like those three players were talking about what they should do and these Couple of players are talking about what they should do. Yeah, so that yeah that that'll definitely get would be difficult because yeah, people are breaking up into smaller groups, still discussing the game. But as the DM, you have to pay attention to every single one of yeah. them. Yeah, and also we had a we had a deadline which we went way over. Yeah, oh. we had a soft deadline of one hour, a hard deadline of two hours. We were clearing out at about two hours and two minutes or something. Sure. Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, we had a good, we had a good time. Every, yep. You know, that, that was that was fun, and everybody everybody got a chance to do something cool. So yeah, I just hope that I was able to give everybody uh, everybody enough attention. Yeah, I think I think it went well. Cool. I think it went well. But so yeah, so Skylar like 
came to that, you know, because she just wanted to at least get the get the feel for it because sure. she knew that they were going to be planning to do something eventually. And but although she the character that she used, she's like uh, she kept and took with her to oh. her comic book club and was kind of like I don't know if they ended up doing any actual playing or anything like that. Sure. Oh, actually no, I do know what they did. They listened to um uh Adventure Zone. Yes. They yeah. they they were like like they were just playing around with character sheets and like building characters and listening to Adventure Zone. So like yeah. I was like I was like yes. Yeah, the Adventure yes. Zone's a lot of fun. Yeah, she's getting nerdier and I love it. <laughs> now, part of me was hoping that she came to the D&D thing at the library and then was like, oh, my goodness, this is so good. I have to get all of my friends into this. Well, I mean, at the very least, she didn't go to the uh, library thing and be like, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to do that's this. A good, that's a good point. <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife, who is the librarian, was constantly walking into the room and just shaking her head <laughs> at all of us. <laughs> There was one of her friends actually came to it. Oh, right. And, uh, and she was like, but you're so cool. Why would you go to play D&D? <laughs> anyway. Uh, All right. Uh, so do you want to go ahead and get into the episode? Yeah, let's get going. Cool. Oh, actually, I, I do need to mention briefly before we go any further. Oh, sure. That uh, as of a few days ago, oh, right. our podcast is now in a fellowship with the guys at Crit Academy. Woo! Now, functionally... That basically means that they'll promote us and we'll promote them. Sure. Um, hope you know. Hopefully, that will lead to collaborations in the future. And actually, spoiler alert: I guested on their podcast uh-huh. not too long ago, and uh, I'm not sure when that episode is going to be coming out. But when it comes out, be be darn sure I'm going to be telling everybody about it. Right. Yeah. So there'll there'll be links. Yes. So yeah. Um, anybody who has not checked them out, go um, go to CritAcademy.com. Mm-hmm. They're a great podcast, similar format to our own. They've got some great insights over there. Justin, the guy that does uh, does most of it, he j- he really knows his stuff. It's a great podcast. It's a ton of fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Everybody who hasn't checked it out, I I demand that you check it out <laughs> as soon as possible. It's yes. great. So yeah, and we'll we'll be posting about that on our on our blog, on our Twitter, on Facebook, everything. Sounds good. All right. So uh, Jeff, I want you to imagine that one day. You, you are walking along and something about, something about your body feels strange. Mm. You're, you're walking along through, through the woods. Have I eaten recently? You, you have, but you feel like you ate a lot less than you usually do. Mm. You're walking along and you come across a group of bandits on this, this forest path and they, they don't run away from you in fear. Hmm. And you try to say something to them. You try to like intimidate them. But what, what comes out of your mouth sounds like, sounds like words that you weren't expecting. Okay. Everything just has this weird dreamlike effect to it. Huh. You, but you notice like you can't see as far as you usually can. You can't hear as well as you usually can. Hmm. Your body is covered with these, with these weird, these weird coverings. You're not quite sure what they are. You feel like attacking somebody, but when you do, you pull an implement out of your this this pouch that's on the on your belt. That's You're so wearing weird. a belt for some reason. What? You try to fly, but you can't. Ugh, that's that's the worst. You have no wings, in fact. Ugh. Because you're not a tiefling from the Sword Coast Adventures. God, you're freaking stupid. <laughs> but so, sorry, immersion break. But you uh you don't know what's going on, and you start getting terrified, and these bandits start running after you, Uh-oh. but then you wake up. And you realize, whew, you're safe. 
at home asleep on top of your dragon's hoard. You are not a human. That was just a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But more more importantly, you are on top of the dragon's hoard. Yay! (laughs) All right. So our item for today. My item. Jeff's item for today. (laughs) No, no. I I didn't come up with this, but it's in my hoard. Yes. And this is actually not a submission. This is just a, uh, this is a, uh, an RPG superstar item that I found. Mm -hmm. But this one is called the Bitter Widow's Veil. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting item. I I, uh, was not expecting it to be as interesting as it was when I first clicked on it. But uh, so this is a, a delicate black veil, often made from black lace or crepe and affixed to a cap, bonnet, or band. Once it is donned, Amorphous shadows swirl beneath the veil across the wearer's face. Whenever a humanoid creature is slain in combat within 30 feet, the bitter widow's veil gains one charge, manifesting as a small shadowy tear. Expending this charge causes the flickering shadows on the wearer's face to coalesce into an inky overlay of a woman's anguished visage and unleash a bereaved scream. An invisible 30-foot cone of terrible grief radiates out from the veil's wearer. Creatures within the area of the effect must make a DC 16 wisdom saving throw or be sickened with sorrow for five minutes. If any of the affected creatures have dealt a killing blow to a humanoid or monstrous humanoid within the last 12 hours, they are stunned in the throes of helpless, weeping grief for one round, after which they are uh, subject to the sickened effect. That's pretty cool. While the Bitter Widow's Veil contains an unspent charge, the wearer can see and hear ethereal creatures as described by the Sea Invisibility spell. The veil may only contain one charge at a time. An unused charge dissipates in an hour, if not otherwise expended. So this item, that's that's a lot of, that was a lot of rules. And also they were, uh, most of the most of it was Pathfinder rules. So I apologize mm. if there's any discrepancies between Pathfinder and 5th edition. But this this item... I think is a has a really really cool theme mm-hmm. and some really neat abilities. Yeah. So yeah, if a if a humanoid creature dies near you, you gain the ability to project project grief in this like horrifying bereaved scream. Yeah, and so you project that grief onto enemies or I guess uh, to any creature, any creature within the the cone. Sure, can be. Sickened, so I'm in fifth edition. I'm not entire. I I don't recall if that is still a thing. Uh, but you you can like so basically you're like you're you're sickening them. You're making them take penalties on stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if they are the one who has if they have killed someone. Mm-hmm. So if you're fighting a bunch of bandits and they kill one of your party members, you stun them, which is like a, that's a big deal no oh, matter yeah. what edition you're in. Sure. So that's a really cool idea and. That the fact that when you have an unspent charge, you can see ghosts. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is real. That's probably my favorite part of this entire thing. Yeah. So if you have that grief and you have not forced it upon somebody else, you are you have a connection to the the dead that you don't have otherwise. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And and one thing that that last part may, reminds me of actually is the Harry Potter books. Oh In sure. The Harry Potter books. Uh, small spoiler. In like the fourth, or f- no, in the Order of the Phoenix. In the in the sixth book, Harry is able to see creatures he couldn't see before. These like weird, oh wait, no, nasty no. looking horse things. Am I wrong? No, that would well, it was 
It was in the fourth book. That's no, what no. it was. Well, it was in the fourth book that he saw someone die. Yeah. And then it was the, so it would have been the fifth book that he It then, was the fifth book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My apologies. In the fifth book, he's able to see these like weird winged horses that previously were invisible to him because you can only see them when you have like witnessed death. You have witnessed death and come to terms with it. Because there's a plot hole. Everybody points out that at the end of the fourth book, he should have been able to see them. And J.K. Rowling has come out and said, well... He had seen death, but he hadn't processed it yet. Sure. So, anyway, anyway. So I just think that's a neat idea for like a, a character's death to mechanically impact a player character in some way. Mm -hmm. I don't think that those things necessarily should be always mechanically relevant, but I, the fact that there's a way to make it mechanically relevant, I think is really cool. Yeah. It, uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's opening possibilities that wouldn't be open otherwise. Mm -hmm. This is... Um the part where it's like it, it, within the last 12 hours, if somebody has slain, they get stunned. So like this could even be used if you if you know like they're like if you found a murderer. Or something oh like my that, goodness! Yes, you could use that as like your opening attack sort of thing. It's like you know you know this person has slain somebody, or you can use it to maybe figure out that they've killed somebody. You know? Yeah. Like you use this on some on a suspect, and if they get stunned. <laughs> then you know for sure they've killed somebody within the, you know. This would require a ridiculous setup, but I could imagine a courtroom having the, like, the widow wearing one of these, if, assuming they were to do the trial within 12 hours of sure. the, the victim's death. The widow could be wearing one of these and then use the thing on the suspect or whatever. Oh, the, actually, the... the yeah, the twelve hours thing it makes it. It almost reminds me of Minority Report, where they have to find, they have to figure out who the killer. Like you have to find out like where the the murder happens and who it is in okay. a certain amount of time because they only they only saw it so far in the future. Sure, sure. So then they have to like figure it out before it happens so that they can stop it. Uh, it's like the the pre crime division or whatever. Yeah, I haven't actually seen that movie, but uh, oh. it, it's an interesting idea. That, yeah, you know. So I mean, like, it'd be cool that like, th like when a murder happens, they have to like they have to try and figure it like they have to try and figure it out within twelve hours to like gather suspects within twelve hours so that they can use this item and then hit all of them because it's a cone, right? So Group they, them all together. Yeah, they like they gather all gather all the suspects, um, and then they like maybe like even go further and like make them drink a potion that lowers their will save or you know or their yeah. wisdom save. And then use this use this thing on them, and then like whoever gets they all get sickened, but whoever gets stunned is like ah he's the one. He's like no, I killed my aunt, not my <laughs> uncle, you know, or you know, like I I killed this other guy. He was he was robbing me. <laughs> right. No, that, no, that's that's a cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like yeah, this is a pretty cool item. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if anybody wanted to submit any items for the Dragon's Horde, or if they have any questions they would like us to discuss on the podcast, how would they do so? They can send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. That is correct. They can also go to our, uh, we have a dedicated subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash interpartyconflict. Mm -hmm. And our blog is uh, can be found at interpartyconflict.com. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into some questions. Okay. Sounds good. All right, the first question comes from Fingers Fate on Facebook, and they ask, what are some ways to show players that alignment is not concrete and how to stop them from hastily making assumptions when they see monsters? Yeah, so especially in, I think this was more more an issue in like the third edition days, although it's I'm sure it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, in the monster manual, generally it will say that a monster, a given monster is like, always a certain alignment. Yeah, it'll say always evil on in the actual description. Yeah, which, I mean... That's a little goofy considering the fact that a lot of these creatures are sentient and you can't really say that a sentient creature is always evil unless you're getting into the the possibility, the thought of like, well, 
that just means that they are that whoever the the perspective of the book writer so like whoever the adventurers are that are going to be fighting these monsters mm-hmm. they're the judge of whether they're evil or not I don't know I think that's getting a bit too far into it but uh it, it is a weird thing for there to be monsters that are like always evil or yeah. even mostly evil or whatever. But there's always, even when it says always evil, there are going to be exceptions where this is the one succubus that is somehow lawful good. Right. And or whatever. Yeah. And th- those could make for interesting adventures where you come across a, succ- a succubus that's that's good aligned. And it's like, right. oh, that's interesting. Or even on a, on a less rare case, just like a, a non-evil orc. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, it might not be, you know, he might not be a paladin, but he's at least not going to, you know, pillage and rape or anything. Like, yeah. he's, just, he's just a guy. Right. But, like, in the, in the example of orcs, I think there's something there's something in their lore that, that describes that, like, they're all born from, like, the the deity of orcs or something. Like, there's, like, a... Okay. The, it's like, Groomsh. Yeah, Groomsh. He's, like, the one-eyed... Mm-hmm. A, a, like orc god or whatever yeah and it's like so they're all spawns of him and like his evil is kind of like interwoven in their in their existence in some way yeah so like there there are some i guess there there would be some creatures that would like that kind of is how it is like they're just they have the root of evil in them somewhere and that won't necessarily you know come out in the way that they act all the time but and but then again that's all up in, into interpretation of you know like of the people playing the game like you when you're setting up an adventure you like or when you're making your own campaign or campaign setting even mm-hmm. maybe the orcs in your campaign just don't have that yeah and are just normal people but they've over generations have been raised to be kind of evil ish or have are for the most part are evil but not all of them are they're not born evil they just the orc society has you know become evil over time and so now most of them are raised to be evil, but they're not yeah. necessarily always evil. Yeah, I think this this is it's just kind of like it's part of a much bigger problem mm-hmm. that a lot of people have their hands in making. So like it it's because of the a lot of the people that run games where they all orcs are evil in mm-hmm. their games and so on. It's also uh, the fault of the writers who write the stories about like, oh, this is just the nation of orcs and they're all evil. Yeah. And also even the people that I'm sure the people that made the game were probably not thinking about, ooh, how do I make this a living, breathing, believable world? They were like, no, let's just let's make a game and let's play characters. All these these things are all evil. Yeah. So there there's a lot of things that have all added to the stereotypes of these creatures are always evil and so on. And like the the idea of like the murder hobos <laughs> where the the players just kind of go in and kill everything that opposes them. They take everything that's not nailed down and then do it all again. There's <laughs> there's a lot of things that add to that. So it's mm-hmm. it's not this is not a new problem, right. obviously. So it it's a hard thing to combat. Yeah. I guess is the point I'm trying to get to. So if you're running a game and you don't want that to be the case, if you want it to be that there are orcs that are not evil, yeah, it is going to be hard to get that across to your players. So the best I can think of is to say that you have to try to put your players in a situation where they can witness evidence that a given creature is not evil, mm-hmm. but not that they can affect it yeah. because if the, if the players see an orc and they are in a position to run up and kill the orc, 
if all that they have been taught is you should run up and kill every orc, they're going to do that. Yeah. If you give them the chance, they are going to do it. Yeah, because of course they're going to do it. it. That's 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 free. That's experience and gold and equipment that they can right. have. There are you know? so many ways that the game incentivizes killing an orc the moment you see it. Right. So what you should try to do is try to put them in a situation where they see an orc but are not able to kill it. Mm-hmm. So like they see it from far away or they see it while they're tied up. Here's here's a great idea I just thought of. The players get tied up by bad guys. An orc comes and saves them. Sure. Yeah, that's not a bad. Yeah, that's not a bad way to do it. Yeah, like, and this is something like if you want to, if you want to make sure that the players like have this in mind that maybe not all but orcs are bad. You know, obviously you want to do this early on in the adventure. Maybe that's the start of the adve- of the adventure. You sure. Know? It's like every, you're like okay, you wake up and you're tied up, and then like an orc comes and saves you, and you're like, oh okay, I guess orcs not are, aren't all bad in this in this campaign. Right. So like, it, it's hard to not make it a theme like the theme of the campaign is all not all orcs are bad if yeah if you yeah. wanted to just be part of the setting then you would have to kind of set set it up pretty pretty early on just so like they know right off the bat oh in this setting orcs aren't all bad sure and that could be something you could just explain flat out like you know expect to see monsters that aren't necessarily evil um you know our monster races but if you do want it to be a theme, like you could just yeah, you could have it be like okay, you the, your your adventurers get hired to go kill some orcs, mm-hmm. and then maybe you get through a few waves of orcs and killing them, and then you come across like some orc children or something, and like they don't seem so bad when they're young. Maybe they're just you know maybe they're just raised to be evil or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So like you you know with you know which might have the players question it from then on, but you know like but. It's I get yeah it's all it's all to the to the presentation I get I guess um, in the case of like player alignments the the thing I always think to is the the lawful good um, paladin yeah and this is I remember reading in like third edition like you had like the the alignment um, requirements of some classes like I think. All monks had to be at least some form of lawful. Yeah, all druids have to ha- had to have neutral somewhere in their right. alignment, and and it was it was ingrained in there so hard that like if you went off of that alignment in any form, you had you had a chance to lose your class. Yeah, or like you you didn't lose your class, you just lost like the major abilities. You 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 became useless basically. Depending on the class, in a lot of ways, you did lose your class. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, a paladin had to be lawful good, so they had to follow the lawful good alignment definition as, as you know, they, they were basically told, if you do not follow this rule, mm-hmm. you will lose your character, you know, in a way. Yeah. So, like, it kind of ingrained in everybody's minds, like, okay, I have to do this. I have to be lawful good. When, you know, we've definitely talked about alignments before, you know, they, they shouldn't be so, like, like the, you know, like Fingers Fate was saying, they don't. They shouldn't be so concrete. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, we have mentioned alignments, and I've, I, I will always go on on a tangent about alignment whenever I can. But like alignment, if if you're running alignment as a rigid thing, mm-hmm. you're you're probably running it wrong. If you if you ever use alignment to dictate what someone should or shouldn't do, right, you're you're probably doing it wrong. Um, I I the way that I personally like to do it is anytime a player says they're going to do something that I think is contrary to their alignment, I would never say, you don't do that because of your alignment. What I would say is, why do you do that? Like, right. if you are lawful good, why are you stealing? Right, yeah, because 
somebody who is somebody who is uh, lawful good or even chaotic evil, somebody who is chaotic evil might do something that might be seen as good. Yeah. And they ha- they probably have a reason for it. The like there you know there's obviously the player wants to do it. So like there's there's there has to be a reason for that for that character to want it. It doesn't mean that they're playing out, they're playing off character or anything like that. They're not sure. they're not, you know, they're not ignoring their alignment. They just have to f- find a creative way to kind of fit it in. Yeah. Yeah, like if if you can think of why your character would go against his 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 normal uh, impulses, mm-hmm. then yeah, I I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Sometimes good people do bad things because because they feel that it is for the greater good. Yeah, for the greater good or it might just be an impulse or something might like that. Might just be circumstance. Yeah, there's sure. there's lots of reasons why alignment can't be a concrete can't be a concrete thing. Yeah. Should be, um, you know, much more of a guideline for, you know, an I an idea for your character, you know, not necessarily a a rule. Yeah. But then if if your players have only played in groups where alignment is a concrete thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you get across to your players? I mean, you could always just sit them down and talk to them and say, "Okay, guys, sure. let me tell you a little bit about how I'm dealing with alignment." <laughs> you could. That's a little clunky. I think that uh, maybe it would be better to, you know, try to bring it out in the game. It's always a good idea to try to have try to use consequences as a way to get across important messages, important lessons to your players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is kind of uh, kind of a, a kick in the stomach. But if you want to get across to your players that not all orcs are bad or whatever, whatever the monster is, you could have them encounter one. And if the players inevitably kill it because they assume it's evil, have them find some evidence that no, it was actually not evil. Mm-hmm. Maybe that beholder somehow or another was <laughs> like building an orphanage. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. That sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> there was there was a, a third edition adventure that I ran in when I was playing as Ichi. Uh, in, in that campaign, I, I, w- I was a terrible DM at the time, but I, was, I ran a short adventure that I found online that was the players come across basically a little village of reformed monsters. Huh. So it's like a, it's a village that there's a bunch of monsters that are normally always evil. Mm-hmm. And one of the NPCs they come across is a beholder that is a surgeon. Uh. And he has like, he has a, his disintegrate eye stock, but he has like a special lens he puts on it that lets him use his disintegrate eye stock as like a laser. <laughs> so he can do like laser surgery. Can he do laser eye surgery? Yes. <laughs> laser eye surgery. Laser eye, 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 eye. Exactly. Eye, yes. eye, eye surgery. So it was, uh, and then the the whole thing was like, they encounter this this village of like friendly monsters and then some actual monsters attack or something and the players have to like try and figure out what's going on but uh you know so you you can introduce a monster and then have the player if the players kill it sort of you know give them a little slap in the face and be like oh well it was actually doing something good right you know like like find on its person like a love letter or something right right oh you you can do that you know there's ways to do that right but i think most (laughs) most dms probably won't this game, game. the orcs, the orcs. Oh, yes. Uh, not this last D&D thing at the library with the previous one. The players woke up in a jail cell. They got out of the jail cell and then they got out into the hall where there were two orcs. They attacked the orcs. One of the players killed one of the orcs 
And then the other orc was like, uh, Gerald, no! <laughs> right. And then after slaying the second orc, he, like, reached for his hand. And they, like, held hands as they died. And then I... It's like, oh, that's sad. I want to say the players found, like, a note that was, like, a drawing of the two of them <laughs> that said, like, Thomas and Gerald or something. <laughs> oh, they had, they had such a good bromance. Yeah. That was... <laughs> Just a goof I was thrown in. Right, yeah. I decided to run with it. A lot of a lot of my campaign <laughs> ideas are. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like little things like that. Like I kind of felt bad. You yeah. Know? Like it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's that's a humorous example, but you can use stuff like that to mm-hmm. show the players, oh crap, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Right. You know, regret can be a powerful thing if you the the important thing though is that if you if you use something like this to show the players that not all orcs are evil. And then the next orc they encounter is evil. Mm-hmm. That's going to be sending the players mixed signals, right? So, tr- if you if you start to do it, don't don't immediately deviate. Like if you start it, stick with it mm. for at least a little while. Here's something. Um, I think in the last couple of campaigns that we've that that are the last couple of like adventures that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this was because of like the rule, like the like the actual rules of the of the editions we were playing, but you like you basically started having us declare whether or not we were killing something yeah so it was kind of it was kind of like a little like it was a little way of like when you give somebody that choice you give them you like you have them think about do i really want to kill this thing like mm-hmm. do i for sure want to like end this thing's life or do i want to just knock it out or you know or whatever and that could just be like do you want to you know leave it alive so you can question it or something but but i mean like at the very least in my in my case i'm always like do i do i really want to kill this thing like i don't i guess i don't have to yeah like we're just knocking it out so we can get through the adventure i don't it doesn't need to die sure so like giving your players choices like that it it will at least you know make them think a little bit about what their characters are doing you know so it's not just like okay it's dead you know like like yeah you you, you dropped it to zero it's dead it's gone by you know like yeah having it having that choice of keeping it alive might make them think that might not be a bad idea. Sure. Yeah. That um, ever since fourth edition, players have the option of keeping something alive. I don't remember what what it was in fourth edition, but I, I've actually recently learned that in fifth edition, it is only with a melee attack. I was under the impression it was with any attack. I want to say that's what it was in fourth edition. Any attack, you could choose whether to kill them or make leave them unconscious. Uh-huh. In fifth edition, though, in the player's handbook, it does say it has to be a melee attack. So okay. you couldn't like shoot an arrow or a magic sure. missile and leave them alive. And like that, that kind, of, that, that makes. I, gu- some I guess sense. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, you you could you know instead of you don't use the sharp end of the blade, you use you know you use sure. the side of the blade or something like that. Yeah, I'll I'll get into it some other time because it's uh it's something that I I can go into at length. But I think that that kind of an option is a great addition to the game. I mm-hmm. think that the game did suffer. When it was it was especially difficult and very disincentivized to uh, leave someone alive. Right. Yeah. Third. Third and three point five. Uh, like uh, non lethal damage. Uh, you took such huge penalties. Yeah. That nobody did it. Right. Now I guess I'll, I'll get into. I'll just make it really quick. When in in earlier editions, it was possible to not kill someone to deal non lethal damage, but it was so difficult to do that nobody did it. Right. And so as a result, yeah, people just never left. People just killed everything they came across. Mm -hmm. The whole the whole like uh, cliche of the murder hobo comes from the fact that players would just come in, kill everything 
and then move on and kill everything else. Yeah. They don't have much other choice. Exactly. Once the game started making it easy and not in any way difficult to leave things alive, I think that was a huge benefit for the game. Because, yes, it's, it is less realistic for it to be easy to, to knock someone out. Right. But... The game is better when the players don't just just wantonly kill everything they come across. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, one of the more exciting things is a reoccurring villain. Exactly. Like, that that can be a lot of fun. Like, yeah, you didn't kill him, and he came back. And, or, like, do you want to maybe kill him this time? Because he might come back again. Who knows? There you go. So, like, that can, that can be exciting. Yeah, you should be given... I mean, you should make it easy for your players to have difficult decisions to make. Mm-hmm. If, yes, if the player is playing a, like a lawful good paladin, maybe it might make sense for them to uh, to to take, you know, take prisoners instead of killing things. But if the game actively discourages it by making it very hard for them to do, right. the end result isn't, oh, this player is going to make some tough choices. No, it's that player is not going to make a choice. Right. He's just going to kill everything. Right, yeah. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to use my full attack bonus and not take like a minus four and then have to deal like twice as much damage just to knock them out. Or exactly. Something. I can't remember what it was, but it was ridiculous. Yeah. But so back to the point, what you were saying, giving the player the option to not kill a creature that they think is evil can just put that little, just a little seed of an idea in their mind that maybe killing this thing isn't necessary. Right. And then that'll hopefully make them think a little bit more about why that might not be necessary and mm-hmm. so on. Or, you know, you might have a, a ranger whose parents were killed by orcs and <laughs> they have a plus two to... You're acting like there's a different kind of ranger. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one type of ranger and it involves the death of two parents by the hands of orcs. Yes. <laughs> so uh, just to kind of sum this up, if you don't want your players to think that alignment is a concrete thing and if you want your players to think that um, monsters are not necessarily... A given a life, you know, the monsters are not necessarily evil. You need to put them, put the players in a situation where they can witness a monster going against type, mm-hmm. but not interact with them while they do it. Mm-hmm. So they can see it and be able to take it in. Also, if you are going to go um, against type with a monster, don't immediately go back to type. So if you're going to try and try and get your players to realize that not all orcs are evil, have some more orcs not be evil. Don't have one good orc and then the rest are all evil sure because that that does you know that that kind of kneecaps your the point you're trying to make yeah. i mean i guess unless that's said like specific to this story like there is just the one good one and he's trying to help <laughs> i suppose like but i mean if you're trying to yeah if you're just trying to get put the idea in the players heads that this can happen yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to it's good to make sure that there's not just one exception that it's more of a you know a yeah running thing and from a narrative standpoint the trope of the one good blank, like for example, Drizzt, the the one good oh, drow, yeah. right? Sure. Uh, that that is a trope. That's a you know that's a common trope. It's mm-hmm. been out there for years and years and years. But the more it happens, the less entertaining it is. It is interesting when the one good orc saves the players from being tied up. Sure. It is less interesting when the every third orc is a lawful good orc. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use lawful good orcs or, you know, anything else of that example. But if you are trying to make it narratively interesting, sure, yeah. maybe you should have it be that there is a very, very small number of them that are good. Mm-hmm. But 
you have to then find a way to integrate that into the story without the players just killing them on sight. Yeah. So it's this is a tough issue. Yeah. It is something you have to put some thought into, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we've given some ideas. Yeah, yeah. Al- alignments is always is always going to be one of those ones we can get into for a very long time. Yes. There's just there's a lot there's a lot having to do with it. Like most of the game is storytelling and yeah. the characters and what their motives are is a big part of that. Sure. This next question was sent to us by Essential NPCs Podcast on Reddit. And they ask, what are some tools or resources you use to help run a game? Yeah, there there's a lot out there. Um, a lot of tools that do different things, a lot of resources that do different things. I'll, I'll cover a few of them. Um, one thing that I just want to briefly touch on is Roll20. I'm mm-hmm. sure lots and lots of people use Roll20. Yeah. I never have. We've we've briefly covered it before. Yeah, we talked about it a bit. Like I haven't really touched, I haven't really used it myself. So. Yeah, but from what I understand, it's uh it's it is like an, a browser-based program. I thought you had to download something. I don't think you do. It's yeah. I, from what I understand, it's very easy to use. It's browser-based, and then you can use that to, I believe you can use that to like video. Uh, chat, I think. I think so. I think there's a, a like there's some that there's at the very least a text chat. Yeah, there is there is text chat. You can I think you can do roles through that, mm-hmm. and you can it's like a virtual tabletop, s- something like that. Yeah, I the, again, I'm sorry I haven't used it, so I'm sure. not going to go too much into it. But um, everybody, so many people talk about how good Roll Twenty is. So check out Roll Twenty. Um, recently, there was an episode of Crit Academy that uh, that did they they went pretty in depth on that. So. Check them out as well. Um, aside from Rule Twenty, there are there's a lot of online encounter builders mm-hmm. that uh, people have made. One of them is I think it's Kobold.club. <laughs> I'll put it in the links, but in the in the show notes. But uh, it is um, it's like the Kobold. I think it's called the Kobold Fight Club Generator. Okay. I think is what it's called. So if you go to YouTube and or not YouTube, you go to Google and type in Kobold Encounter Generator. Sorry, Gabe. I only use Yahoo. I only use Ask Jeeves. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so um, that is a very, very good fifth edition encounter builder. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, uh, you can put in like how many players there are, what level they are, whether you want it to be a hard encounter or an easy encounter, and then you can have it just randomly populate it. Mm-hmm. Or you can, again, put in how many players there are and what level they are. And then as you go through and you like put in this monster and then this monster and so on, it'll tell you whether that is an easy encounter or a moderate encounter or a deadly encounter. Sure. Now, of course, my own experience with this is that because it's fifth edition and it is so dice based because your modifiers are so much lower, you might have something that is supposed to be an easy encounter and it steamrolls your players right or you might have something that's supposed to be an overwhelming encounter and your players just blow right through it yeah so use it use it with a grain of salt but that's going to be the case with any any kind of encounter generation right edition so um yeah kobold.club i'm pretty sure is the the address i could look it up right now i'm not going to (laughs) and then uh there are i'm sure there are character builders that like you know third-party character builders that people have made using like a Excel spreadsheet or something. Sure. Um, I should probably mention that pretty soon, if it's not out already, pretty soon there's going to be D&D Beyond, uh-huh. which I believe is going to have a character builder. But I, I'm i a bit wary yeah. of that. I, I, 
I subscribed to D&D Insider when 4th uh-huh. Edition came out. D&D Insider was advertised in every, in the books. It was like, oh, for more information about this, check right. out D&D Insider. Yeah, like the first page was a full color ad for D&D Insider. Exactly. Despite the fact that, so, so I, I subscribed to it. And two of the features that were heavily advertised, the character visualizer and the virtual tabletop, those were two things that I specifically subscribed for. Neither of those features ever came to fruition. Right. Neither one was ever released. Yeah. The only the only thing they ever really put in like any work into was the character builder, which isn't yes. which wasn't well, bad. The character builder and also there was a there was a thing that was called like the DD compendium that it was basically like all of the data that was in the character builder, you could just, it was like a search bar. You could just bring up whatever data you needed. Oh, sure. So, I mean, those were good features. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But just a word of, of, of caution for anybody who is interested in, D- in D&D Beyond. If they have said they're going to implement something, but they haven't yet, do not use that as a basis for whether you should give them your money. Only subscribe if the features that are currently out are worth the price to you. Right. Because whatever they've said they might come out with might not actually come out. Yeah. This goes into, uh, if anybody plays video games, which I assume most of you do, uh, like, this is... <laughs> video games? <laughs> that's nerdy, Jeff. <laughs> that's all... That's nerd stuff. Yes. Um, it's like people are... Like, a lot of people are very against pre-ordering video games before they come out or even like the early access stuff like that. Like it's, yeah. it's a similar thing. It's like if you know, if you don't know for sure that's what you're getting, why you, why are you going to put money up? And like of course it's like if you if you really want to support Wizards of the Coast and you really like everything that they've done and like you know maybe they've made mistakes in the past and this and that, but you you overall support them and you you know you have the money to spend, that's you know that's all fine, but like keep in mind that yeah, like sometimes they promise something and it doesn't come. Yes. And you've already paid for it. And what then? And I mean, hey, everybody's human. I'm not I'm not demonizing them. Sure. But yeah. I, I am bitter about right. these things that I, I paid the money for. Yeah, you, you have a you have a right to be bitter. They they took my money for this thing they were advertising. And even though they did not provide what was advertised, they didn't give me any of my money back. Right. That that is frustrating. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Like I right. like I like I didn't put money up for it, but I was but I was still bummed out that it didn't happen because like I want something. Like I've I want, always wanted. I want like an official way to visualize my character. Sure, that'll actually bring me to uh, the next resource I want to talk about. Uh-huh. Is a resource called Hero Machine. Yeah, you can go to HeroMachine.com. The I'll just a little warning. The current version of Hero Machine. Has so many options, I don't even know how to... I, I can't even begin <laughs> to try to use it. They've added so much, it's kind of crazy. There is... Oh, it is so... There's so much to it. But there are earlier versions of Hero Machine. I'm pretty sure if you go to HeroMachine.com, you can probably use, like, Hero Machine 1.0 or 2.0. I think 2.0 is the last one that I have used in earnest. Mm-hmm. But what Hero Machine is, the earlier editions at least, it gives you, you have like a blank template of a person. You can choose like, there's like a normal looking guy, like, you know, a muscular guy, a muscular woman, a very, like a beefy muscular guy. I think there was a beefy muscular woman and then like a, a dwarf-ish, like yeah. a, a dwarf guy and a dwarf woman. Yeah, it's it's like a, like it's like a paper doll character customization. Pretty much, sort of yeah. Thing. So you have a, this this blank template of whatever like body type you're looking for. You then 
can choose what color their skin is, what pattern their skin is. Yeah. You might give them fur. You can choose what you have all of these different options for like what shirt they're wearing, what pants they're wearing, what they're holding in their right hand, what they're holding in their left hand, what aura they have, what background they have, whether they have a companion or not. Yeah. There were so many options and it was just so fun and easy mm-hmm. to make a character. Now, I think it was mostly geared for uh, superheroes. There's plenty of like latex looking stuff. Right. Yeah, capes and like album, like glowy superpowers right. and stuff like that. But I made so many D&D characters in this program. I will even I'll put some of them in the show notes. Yeah. I have plenty of, of characters that I've just, oh, I need a cool concept for a character. I would mess around with Hero Machine for a little bit. And be like, now I'll make that character in D anD D, and and vice versa. Yeah, we we used to we used to toy around with this a lot. I, yeah. yeah, I remember when we. I think this was the back in the days of like MySpace and stuff like that. Probably, we, we probably yeah. Had like our profile pictures as these characters. One time, I made Chewbacca as like a middle aged uh, uh, suburbanite. <laughs> Did he's, he like, get like he's wearing slippers. And... He's got glasses on. He's wearing like a polo shirt. He's got a, a the <laughs> newspaper in his hand. It's yeah, it's pretty good. I'll put that on there too. <laughs> so yeah, Hero Machine is a great resource just for like you have a character. I want some sort of a visual representation of it. Mm-hmm. There you go. I would yeah. have loved to have an official one from Wizards of the Coast. Sure, yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, and with this you don't have to like. It's not going to be like super detailed, like like I said, it's kind of like a paper doll sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like at the very at the very least, like even if it's not for your character, but for like an NPC or something, you'll have some sort of visual representation that you can show the players, and they'll at least have an idea. And you know, you put their name above their heads in big bold letters, so they might, you know, they might have an easier time remembering somebody's name. Yeah, yeah. If they can see if if they can see them, and like you know. get an idea of who they are yeah and the the more like the most recent version of it is a lot more free form Mm -hmm. which is why i have no clue what i'm doing i prefer to just be like here's what the base character looks like i'm gonna add to it instead of being like okay here's an arm put this arm wherever you want in this huge field now put a head and another arm and uh you know it's it's all like so it's not it's not it's not just more options it's more like there's more custom like Everything is customizable. You can put anything where you want. Yeah, I haven't seen the recent edition. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it does, and, it does sound like where it's like when you have too many options, it's hard to come up with something. When, yes. you, when you have fewer options, you find ways to make those fewer options go further. And to be fair, I'm sure someone could probably come at this having never used the original version and have a super easy time. Sure. But since I'm used to it being like, here's what you have, mm-hmm. customize it. Having so much more freedom, it 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 does get a little overwhelming. Yeah, sure. Um, aside from uh, like D and D inside or D and D Beyond and like Hero Machine, uh, there's also there are you can find like dice rollers online. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are online initiative trackers if you are going to have your computer with you and you need just like a quick and easy way to keep track of initiative. Sure. Um, there is just there. There's like a city generators and stuff too. If you need just like a quick random map of a city, yeah. One thing that I do want to mention because I've I've I found it a long time ago and I've never seen anyone else use anything like it. Long time ago, I found a program that was a tavern generator. Mm. There are probably other ones that people have made, but like this particular one, I really really like. And I'll try to if I can find it on an old laptop, I'll try to put it in the show notes. But it is. It's this little program, very small file. You, 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 you open up the program and then you choose like how big of a tavern you want it to be, how many people you want there to be at peak hours, how many people you want there to be at like, uh, you know, minimum hours. 
and then like what the main clientele is, like what race. I think like you might even put in like how magical the uh, surrounding city is or something. And then you, you click the generate button. And then it generates not only a floor plan of the the tavern, mm-hmm. but also, you know, shows you where all the tables are. But also, it will generate a list of NPCs that are currently in the tavern mm-hmm. and, like, what they look like, what they sound like, and what they have on their person. Mm-hmm. So if a player wants to pickpocket that guy with the scar on his face wearing the cloak, they might find, oh, he's got a curvy dagger and he's got, like, a... A rock that looks like a face that gives off a, a slight uh, a buzzing sound or something. Huh. So it it will go as in-depth as giving you NPCs that the players can can interact yeah. with. Yeah. So I think that's a really neat resource. Um, and like I said, I, I'll try to find it if I can. I, I haven't really looked too hard, but I haven't seen in passing any other programs that are quite... Yeah, quite like that. Yeah, something that yeah that can put that amount of detail in there. That like yeah, sure you could put that detail in there yourself. But yeah. like if if it's just for like a tavern that the players randomly walk into that you weren't planning on. Exactly. Like you don't want it to be. You don't want to be so unprepared that it's like oh this is this is like you know seeing the edge of the matrix or something like that. It's like <laughs> right. oh uh, this 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 room hasn't finished loading yet. Let's <laughs> let's go back the other way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, those are some neat resources. Also, if you want just like character ideas, I know that that's something that uh, you know, a lot of people can make use of, players and uh, DMs alike. Mm-hmm. Some places to get ideas. Um, well, sorry, one more thing I should mention is a a name generator. Yes. I'm sure that there are online name generators. Yeah, that, yeah. There's there's tons. Yes, there's tons, but I can. They never help. They don't help me. I have a problem. All right, <laughs> listen up, everybody. Um, I have a, I have a, I have a, a, a confession to make. I'm really bad at coming up with character names. Like I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but I will go adventures into a campaign before I've actually decided on a character's name. Yeah, to the point where when Jeff shows up with a character with a name, I'm like. I'm I'm visibly surprised. Right. Yes. There's there's. I'm shock. like Jeff. Are you okay? Yeah. There. What, what happened? There, there's a veil of shock. In Did the you room. think we were playing last week? <laughs> That's why you have a character name this week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got confused about the date. <laughs> so I mean, like I. Uh, so na- name. So yeah, name generator is helpful, but I have trouble. Yeah. <laughs> even with that. And I'll try to find an example of each of these things that I've said. I'll try to find an example for each and put them in the show notes. Mm. So this episode's probably going to have a ton of show notes. Sure. Um, another couple things that I want to mention, um, again, just for coming up with like character ideas. Uh-huh. Uh, if you go to, I, I don't know how good it is nowadays, but Pinterest was often a really good resource for just finding like neat ideas for stuff in general. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's probably... Care, you know, like fantasy pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, find on Pinterest. From, yeah, from what I've used in Pinterest, like yeah, you can you can type in like fantasy art and yeah. like it'll bring up a bunch of like you know like art that people have made of fantasy, and then you can go even more specific fantasy art elf if you want to find elves or something. There was a there was a website that I I used for a couple campaigns. I would like tell the players about it that I don't remember the name offhand. I'm actually not entirely sure if I'm going to put it in the show notes, but the, uh, which for reasons I'll get to in a second. But there was this like this resource that I found online where it was kind of like this this board where you could you could type in a certain thing a character might you could type let's say you type in beard mm-hmm. and then it will aggregate 
resource. It'll ra- aggregate uh, pictures from like DeviantArt and all sorts of other picture resources. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll grab a whole bunch of pictures that have the tag beard. Sure. Or you can type in orc and then it'll bring up everything that has an orc. And it'll bring up like like dozens and dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of pictures of pictures that have the, the word orc somewhere near them. Uh, or you might have you might type in like dwarf and then black hair or something, and then it'll bring up every black haired dwarf and so on. So there's all sorts of tags, and then there's all sorts of like combinations you can make. If you if you really, really want a tavern picture that has a dwarf that has a beard and there is a uh, dragon in the picture too or something you could type in all these tags and it would bring up however many it's able to find that have all of those tags Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm going to put that in the show notes because i found out after I, i usually have an ad blocker i found out after quite a while of using this with this website with an ad blocker I posted about it on Reddit or something, and then I had several people message me and say, dude, all the ads on that are porn. Don't don't post that link oh my in a in a you know non like mature forum because the the um a lot of oh, and not only that, but a lot of the pictures in it are uh obs- are you know are not safe for work as well. Sure, yeah. So I, I don't use this this website anymore, but maybe I'll put some some Disclaimers, some disclaimers or something, because I have gone on about this for like five minutes. <laughs> but and, no, yeah, you definitely, yeah, I think you you told me about this before. Well, yeah, it's like it's it's a good resource for finding like character ideas, right? But, but it like, is not safe to browse at work or <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, I guess I never really thought of that. Like, yeah, even use an ad blocker like that, you could be blocking ads that are like much more uh, adult than you than you would realize, right? It's right. So like, hey, check out this website. You go on somebody else's computer and put it in, and you're like, oh no, not this. This, this, yeah. this, I must have typed something wrong. Wait a minute. There, there are, there are girls in my area. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Christian singles. Yeah. Maybe I will put that one, but again, with that, with a heavy disclaimer. Um, and then also not even, uh, necessarily that, but if you were to go to Reddit, there are several subreddits that I'm subscribed to that are just like what I consider like inspiration art. Mm-hmm. There is a subreddit that is r slash imaginary characters. Where it is, you know, it's it's usually art from other places. Sometimes it's people sum- submitting original art, but it is it is just artwork that is like a cool picture of a character. And there are all sorts of characters. Sometimes they might be men, they might be women, they might be all sorts of things that um, you might never think of. Just like neat combinations of character traits, or just a really cool evocative character. Mm-hmm. So imaginary characters is one. Another one is imaginary monsters. Same thing, but with, you know, it's just some, like, picture of a of a dragon that, that is doing something really cool. There's also imaginary landscapes. Uh-huh. There might be, like, oh, it's a city that's up in a cloud. Or, like, a, a there's a, a landscape where that mountain is actually, a, like, a, a giant turtle or something like that. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, imaginary characters, imaginary monsters, imaginary landscapes. There's also imaginary technology, which I'm not subscribed to, but there's... You know, it's cool, like, steampunk and, like, sci-fi stuff in there, too. Sure. And also, uh, Imaginary Leviathans is one that I like, too. It's oh. it's like monsters, but they're all, like, giant monsters. A lot of the time, there it'll be a picture of, like, oh, a boat. But then if you look really closely at the water, you realize that there's some sort of gigantic, unspeakable horror directly below them or something. Okay. Um. So, yeah, like, 
Those are some really good resources just for ideas. Mm -hmm. I love to just go to one of those subreddits and just scroll down all the pictures and look at all these amazing, like each one could be the inspiration for a campaign. Mm. So those are, those are some really good resources too. Yeah. Uh, You know, really any kind of resource. If you, if you can think of something that would help your game, go to Google, type in and see if somebody's made it. Sure. Somebody probably has. Yeah. There's probably, yeah, there's probably an app for it or at the very least somebody's, you know, talked about it on Reddit or something. Yes. Uh, so I think that'll that'll do it for the questions. However, I do want to introduce a new segment. Oh, yeah. We might not always do this segment every episode. And when we do, sometimes it might be long, but I'm going to try to keep them short. Sure. I've, I've gotten not necessarily complaints, but I've gotten comments from people that for a while the um, the Dragon's Horde segment i've always kind of felt like we were getting a little long in the dragon's Horde oh, segment. oh sure sometimes it would be like 20 plus minutes of us sometimes talking about the the item but let's be honest here most of the time it was tangents so uh Wait, i've been well you guys don't like our tangents <laughs> so i've been trying to make the uh the dragon's Horde segment a little bit shorter and also uh this this segment will pro- i'm going to try to err on the side of of shortness sure. as well but for this segment i would like us to uh we're gonna we're gonna kick back Oh. And we're going to toss on another log to the funeral pyre. And actually, maybe that wasn't the greatest segue because a funeral pyre is usually a bad thing. We're not going to kick back and relax oh, at a funeral. Sure. Yeah. Whatever the case, the funeral pyre is a new <laughs> segment that I want to I want to talk about where uh, we are going to get stories of character deaths like player character deaths. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to, if you want to submit one, go ahead. We are looking for character deaths that are interesting in any way. Sure. Uh, this might be a character that maybe it was your first character death. And so it's noteworthy for that reason. Sure. It might be that you had a character that died in a way that was just hilarious. Like there is, you should not have died, but the dice just hated you sure. or something. Or a, a character death that was just so ironic or so heroic. Mm-hmm. Your character died because he was, you know, holding the door open for all the orphans to escape or something. <laughs> and then the dragon caught up with him. I don't know. <laughs> so any any kind of character deaths that you think would be interesting for us to talk about, go ahead and submit them. Mm-hmm. And we will uh, and we we might read them uh, on the show. Sure. So to start this out, the very first funeral pyre, Jeff, uh-huh. do you have a character death that you would like to talk about? Well, yes. Um well, I should say for the uh, it, in most of the campaigns that I've played in. In fact, I want to say all of them I played in. We we didn't we didn't have too many deaths, or or, or when there were, there was like a it was like a free true res or something you know yeah. happened. So something that would basically bring us right to right back to life, pretty much in the same in the next round or right. so. Because I it just in general I I don't like character death. There's mm-hmm. ways to make it great. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but in general, I would rather the story be about the the players' characters. And unless I, unless there is a really good reason to kill one of them off, I prefer to keep those characters the center of the story. Sure. So the so the de- the death that I'm remembering is uh, I I want to say I came back to life right away afterwards, but it sure. was towards the end of a campaign. It was, this was in the Eberron campaign setting, so I was playing a Warforged, of course. Yes, this was Jay's Jay's yeah. campaign. My a Warforged named Walking Stick because I couldn't think of a name. <laughs> I gave him that name. Yes. <laughs> I remember we were fighting a dragon that was, I think, was like part, it was like part construct or something like that. Yeah, I think we might have mentioned that on a previous episode, but yeah. 
and I, I believe I had some like a like a like a cloak of flying or something like that. So I was flying. You know, I was a flying paladin warforged uh, who liked to charge in and, and attack. Uh, but I remember getting grappled by this dragon in his mouth, and then he used his breath weapon while you were in while his I was in his mouth, which then which pretty much just destroyed me. Like it, it, it brought me well below my. Uh, I th- I don't. I think my, yeah, I was well into negatives. Yeah, yeah. But I just. I, yeah, I remember getting getting snatched up by a dragon, and getting blown across the the, the across s- the city probably because we were so. like up on top of like a skyscraper. Yeah, or something. I think it blown it blown into like a in a, another building somewhere. You know, with his with his breath weapon, and then you know I managed to stand up afterwards. Don't know how that <laughs> happened. Weird. Oh well, might as well charge back in and fight this dragon again. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. The dragon. Utterly destroys you, yeah. and then you get back up and just charge straight back in. Yeah. I think that's really cool. <laughs> so that, that that was kind of fun. It was pretty. It was pretty intense battle. All right. Uh, should I talk about my first character death? Sure. Okay. My first character death is not as heroic. I was playing a monk named Harrop. Mm-hmm. He was a human monk. He was really the most boring character you've ever heard. But <laughs> we were we were going through a dungeon. We came into a room where there was like a cloak hanging up on the wall. And I thought, oh, that's probably a magic cloak. I'm going to grab that cloak and I'm going to put it on. Well, it turned out that cloak was actually a monster called a cloaker. Which oh, right. resembles a cloak. <laughs> it started off the battle by emitting a high-pitched noise that uh, paralyzed my character. Oh, God. And then in the first round of combat, the cloaker then uh, coup de grace my character and just stabbed its tail straight through my head. Oh, my god! My character was dead. <laughs> And this was the first character I'd ever played. I'd been playing him for like, I don't know, three or four months. I was pretty invested in this very lackluster character. Uh-huh. And uh, nope. Insta-kill. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, don't don't put on strange cloaks. Yeah, I guess. Or if you're going to put on a strange cloak, I don't know, grab a 10-foot pole first <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, even if it was a magical cloak, it could have been a cursed cloak or something. Or I get, there, To be fair, in the 3.5 Dungeon Master's Guide, in just the normal magic items, or sorry, it is, it's in the, the cursed items, there is a, a, it's either a cloak or a robe. I think it's a cloak. It is a cloak that you put it on and you die. The Cloak of Poisonousness. You put this cloak on, you make a really high fort save, or you die. Jeez. That's it. No, <laughs> like, weird curse. No, you die over the next 10. No, you put it on, Just and you death. die. <laughs> I think that is a hilarious item because of how straightforward it is. Right. And it, th- it can be very confusing because, like, it's like, how did he die? Like, it's like he just put on a cloak. That couldn't possibly be what it was. Exactly. It must have been, must have been someone behind him who stabbed him or something. I right. don't know. But this is not the Dragon's Horde. Sure. <laughs> this is uh, this was our first episode of the Funeral Pyre. Yeah. Um, I do have a few submissions that we'll probably be going through in the next few episodes. Mm-hmm. But uh, if anybody else wants to submit any uh, any Funeral Pyre uh, stories to us, go ahead and send them to us. Try to keep them short, but yeah, you know, short, yeah, short and if, sweet. If if you want to make it longer, I can always I can always pare it down if I have to. Sure. So uh, so that will be this uh, this inaugural uh, issue of the the funeral pyre so jeff allow us to uh let's let's raise our glasses and toast to the memory of these lost heroes that was not added in post by the way 
All right. You can bump it up a little bit. <laughs> I might. <laughs> well, that'll about do it for today. If anybody wants to submit items, questions, or stories for the funeral pyre, mm-hmm. please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, a running list of questions asked or important links, or to download the episode, go to our, our website at interpartyconflict.com. Uh, for... Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash interpartyconflict or our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash interpartyconflict. We're also on Twitter at inpartyconflict. And we're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend about us. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to help us out would be so helpful. We really appreciate it. Yes. We also have a uh, PayPal donate button on our website if mm-hmm. anybody wants to go there and toss us a few bucks. Anything you can give us, we would use it to make the podcast better and uh, be better for everybody. Yes. Uh, and uh, Jeff, would you like to talk about FriendQuest? Oh, yes. We, we also have our uh, YouTube uh, channel, FriendQuest. Uh, we've played a couple uh, old Dungeons & Dragons arcade games. Sure. We have a couple other games that we're, we're thinking about getting into, some like uh, Gauntlet Legends. Yeah, um, that's a good game. Yeah, that'd be a good one to do. Um, I might I might record myself playing a game or two on there at some point. I haven't really gotten around to it, but sure. you know. But go ahead and check that out. It's a uh, friend quest. Um, I don't think it has a dedicated um, YouTube like, yeah, URL we have, like, we have to have like enough subscribers or something. First. Right. So I, it, it, if you search for friend quest and like Tower of Doom, which was one of the games that we played, you'll, yeah. you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. So go to YouTube, find us on there, and then uh, give us a give us a some comments, give us a, a thumbs up, give yep. us a subscription. Yep. Anything helps. Yeah. All right. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So Jeff, until next time, don't let a dragon uh, grapple you with its mouth. Yep. Just 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 stay away. Just just don't do it. Yeah. It's a good piece of advice for everybody. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye.